On this day, Feast of St. Andrew, Apostle, let's pray with a reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. As Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew, casting a net into the sea. They were fishermen. He said to them, Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. He walked along from there and saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother Sean. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets. He called them, and immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Getting to know God, the true God, that's what it means to receive hope. Hope is received, it is not manufactured, it is not invented, it is not managed by decree. Hope is a gift, it's not a mere feeling of optimism, of saying and thinking that everything will turn out well, while, at the same time, reality says otherwise, and everything may be falling apart. The Christian who has hope is realistic. One thing does not take away the other. When we confuse Christian hope with simple optimism, then we unintentionally call anything hope. In reality, the hope that we receive at baptism is the same hope that makes it possible for us to know God, that leads us to the true God and not to the God that we manufacture for ourselves. In other words, God himself wants us to get to know him well, and that's why he gave us faith and hope. Faith and hope are interchangeable. God waits for the person who trusts and places his confidence in God, and the only person who can trust God and have faith is one who has hope, one who hopes in someone. What makes it possible for us to believe is to hope, and the opposite is true. But God is so good that He Himself gives us this gift of the heart. Let's take advantage of this time of hope, and let's ask for this beautiful virtue, a virtue that comes from above, and that we have unwittingly crushed and humanized to the extent that lately, when we say we have hope, it's almost the same as saying that we have optimism. The challenge of this time is to reevaluate our hope, to learn to wait for what's essential and leave aside temporary things that change. We have to educate our hearts so that they will know how to await important things, so that they know how to wait for Jesus and not place so much importance on things that come and go.
In today's glimpses of the Gospel, the feast of St. Andrew, one of the apostles and Peter's brother, there's a clear example of someone who was truly waiting for Jesus. Furthermore, we see what an encounter with true hope can ignite in the life of a person. Although the Gospel doesn't explicitly say so, I dare say that Andrew and the other protagonists of today's reading are capable of leaving everything immediately. In both cases, Jesus says that word, and that is because they were already waiting for him in their hearts. No one can leave everything if they are not already waiting for something better. No one can change their life in such a way, so suddenly and dramatically, if a the bottom of their heart, they weren't in fact wishing to find something bigger. If we do not think so, this scene of today ends up being too idealistic, but not very real, and therefore very far from our possibilities. Yet it is very real. It was like that. Andrew left everything, because for some time already he had been waiting for everything. He and his brothers, Sean and James, were very ordinary men, but they were waiting for the Savior, and it's for that reason only that they were able to leave their families and all their belongings to follow Jesus. I never run out of things to say. I always want to say more, because the Gospel is an inexhaustible source of wisdom, and that is the case today, more than ever. That's why I'd like to leave you with a few questions to ponder as you pray. Are we sometimes incapable of leaving something that we care about for Jesus' sake, primarily because we have trophied our capacity to desire and wait for the eternal and the greatest of all hope. In this culture of immediate gratification, this call-now culture, where everything is a click away, is it not that we desire so many things that we don't leave any space to wish for something greater and better? Is it not that our inner desire is similar to the physical hunger our bodies experience? so that when we eat junk food that provides the least nourishment, our appetite diminishes when we sit down for a real meal at the table? This is what happens to us with Jesus. We are continually stated with thousands of meals that are tasty but transitory, and when we actually have to think about Jesus, listen to him, be with him, and talk to him, we no longer know what to say or think, or even how to listen. Hope is related to our desires. Tell me what you wish, and I will tell you what your hopes and expectations are. If the bar you set is low, if you wish for small and modest things, your hopes and expectations will be low, and that is what you will obtain. Conversely, if you aim high, if you desire great things, you will hope for heavenly things, and you will obtain heavenly things. Think, what are you hoping for today? What are you expecting 
or waiting for. We have a whole life ahead of us to keep hoping for the very best. We have what's left of today to realize that waiting randomly for anything isn't worthwhile, and that what is worthwhile is to let Jesus gaze upon us, to listen to his call, to leave everything behind, everything that has no purpose, that irks us so we can follow him on this beautiful adventure that is to place our faith and hope in Jesus. May we have a good day, and may the blessing of our merciful God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon our hearts and remain with us forever.